Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Welcome to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of Beautiful, British Columbia. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pender. And it's just the two of us in the the studio this evening. We hope to have Zach on the phone shortly, just to kind of pick over the bones of whatever... What was left that over? Ni- that 90 minutes was uh, at BC Place earlier this evening. We're going to have a, a Halloween-themed show this evening, because it's only two more days to Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Best time of the year. Two more days to Halloween. Now, the Halloween films, they're very well known. That little sort of jingle I was singing there, that's from Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, which, okay. to me, is a much maligned film. It's nothing to do with Michael Myers. But it was the third one in the, in the series, and I th- I think it's a it's a great film. I think when people, I think when you get used to Michael Myers, you want to stick with Michael Myers. Yes. And people, when they deviate well, the, from the, that a little bit, then that's what happens. They are certainly sticking with Michael Myers since yeah. the, the new film uh, was out again this year as well. But yeah, we'll have a little bit of of Halloween theme throughout the show, and it was dangerous kind of planning this show because obviously having a Halloween theme. You're worried it's going to be a horror yeah, show at BC it, it could have been horror, yeah. it could have been horrific, this could have all have backfired on us, but we've got some fun things, we've got some fun music coming, lots of stuff as well. In Wavelength, the, the way the game played out tonight, it's going to let me use a song I've been keeping for ages. So, I mean, that's good as well. But we'll kick things off by looking at Seattle and Vancouver, and we are joined on the phone now by Mr. Zachary Meisenheimer. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? Good. You made it home safe and sound in. Safe and sound, yeah. So, let's just get your initial thoughts then of that. How? What was your feeling leaving BC Place this evening? Uh, honestly, I think the clean sheet is extremely, extremely crucial. Uh, so, in one sense, yeah, there's a positive to take away. In the other sense, uh it has a little deja vu to 2015 feel to it, right? Like first leg, goalless draw, we didn't score, or or maybe even a 2013 Voyagers Cup final, um, you know, feel to it. Yeah, it, it reminded me. It reminded me of the Portland away 
I know that was a uh, that this is home and that's away, but the yeah, start the, the first leg. Yeah, so, first leg. Yeah. That's what it yeah. reminded me of. But they were they showed a little bit more in this one, but it's the same thing. Portland was kind of uh, like Seattle while they were rested, they still were dealing with a lot of injuries. Portland was just coming off the knockout round in that in that year, and Vancouver had a good chance to take them take advantage of that. They didn't take advantage of today either against Seattle. Zach mentioned the the Portland game and. Robbo sort of mentioned it after the match as well. He said he'd watched both legs of the Portland match to kind of get inspiration. And he felt that in that first leg, there was a lot of wasted chances. Um, and that the the road team didn't take that. And then the second leg as well, there were some wasted chances as well that, that stopped the Caps doing things. So to him, he admits it was a cautious re- approach. And we'll hear a little bit from, from Robbo later. Um, it, w- it was definitely cautious. The important thing, as you said, Zach, was the clean sheet. Do you see it, though, as being a little bit overcautious? Do you feel it was maybe a, a missed opportunity not to take something from home and at least go into that second leg with the lead, forcing Seattle to take the game to, to Vancouver almost from the off? Yeah, I mean, it is hard not to see it, at least partly that way. However, you know, I, I got to talk to Rob a little bit after, uh, after you guys were done with him. And, uh, yeah, we saw you on there on the sideline there. Yeah, I think I think he's extremely happy that uh, with the with the clean sheet. And other than you know not scoring, I think things went pretty much to plan tonight. Whether that's encouraging news to you as a Vancouver supporter or not, um, you know they, they really wanted to they really wanted to throw Seattle off with their approach yeah. and, and their, and their, and their starting 11 and all that kind of stuff. And they felt like they were really effective except for, you know, finishing in, in the final third. Well, talk about throwing them off. Now we obviously got wind of this yesterday at training. Reina and Teixeira not deemed fit to go. And yesterday when we saw them training off to the side, I thought it was a ruse I thought that it was just to kind of throw people off or if anyone from Seattle was there or if anyone tweeted it out that, or word got out that they weren't fit to go. I thought it was maybe a little bit of a ruse. But he said afterwards he took advice from his medical team and the question he said that he asks is, if, they, if they're five minutes in, can they go another 85 minutes? Or is getting to the hour mark about all that they can go? So the way that he looks at it is, if they're not going to last a whole game, he would rather play them in the last half hour rather than start them and then they break down and then they're not good to go at all for the second leg. Yeah, I, I agree. Like the you you don't want to. He, he's really against making that first half substitution. He said that too in the post match press. Yeah. You'll hear later on. Um, he he doesn't like doing that, and I think he, he that and that's the reason why he held them out. But my only thing is, is maybe they weren't as injured as maybe it was just a tactical thing. A lot of people were discussing that at halftime. Were were they okay to go? And he just didn't want to put them in because we discussed it in that in the previous podcast that Nosa, Chani, and um, Gazal could be a, a threesome yeah. in that midfield because they wanted to just squeeze Ladero out. Well, I mean, I, I you can look at it. Robbo maybe played his away team yeah, tonight seemed, in the home leg. Seemed like it. He just kind of switched it around a bit. We've, we've just had the away leg. He's going to play more like a home team down in Seattle. But honestly, I, I'm i not too upset with that. I'm quite happy with nil-nil. The, the big thing was not to give up a goal. But they're, they're just... It does feel 
that there wasn't really a lot of oomph there from either side, Zach. Yeah, and I assume at some point we're going to talk about talk about how the fact was they they actually kept some or had some possession today. Yeah, and, 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 and failed to capitalize on it. And so, you know, is it better to do that than to have twenty seven, twenty eight percent possession and and you know and score and score one or two? You know. Um, yeah, I mean it's yeah. something we've talked about a lot this year. Let, let's look at the first half. Not a lot happened. Let's look at the second half. Not a lot happened. No. Let's look at the first half. So the one chance where Vancouver had was the there was a moment when Breck Shea was uh, free at the at the near uh, near post. Yeah, and he tried to cross it across, but uh, he cro- crossed the box, and nobody seemed to be there. Or I think it was Bola actually was there, and it, it was. It was not accurate. That that was basically. Other than that, I didn't remember any other Whitecap chances. The the Sounders one, uh, Zach, and you were obviously close to that too. Um, the the Waston actually was there was their best chance because he cleared it off the bar, which he was so thankful that when he saw that coming off the bar, he was so thankful that they didn't hit at all. Nerwinski was thankful as well. He said after the match that he felt he got burned in that play he and did. that, that Kendall did. saved him. Yeah. But, whoa, he hit that off that bar with some foresack. Yeah, that went half, halfway uh, back across the pitch, I think. <laughs> I, I, you, you're questioning whether Kendall did that on purpose or not? Somebody uh, asked him. No. No, no somebody <laughs> asked him, was that, was that the plan uh, after the game? They asked him if that was the plan, and he said, no, not at all. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, it, it was, yeah, I was very fortunate, and it was, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was the biggest chance of the first half by far. Yeah, I mean, the, the, there was nothing to write home about at halftime. National TV audience, 27,000 packed lower ball, and just once again, the team just does not live up to the occasion in terms of excitement, which I'm totally fine with. Well, that, 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 that'll teach them not to show up for the, the Wednesday game where they could have seen five goals. <laughs> yeah, it, it was like a polar opposite game, though. I mean, that was the thing. It's like Wednesday was so exciting, free-flowing football. And who wasn't at the game Wednesday? Zach and Chris. Oh, yes. They, they tweeted that about that. Too. Yeah, so Zach, <laughs> you could be the jinx. It's, when you're there uh, in these crunch games, it, it's boring. Is that what we have to draw from this? I, I don't know, Michael. Was it boring in 2006? Was it boring in 2008? I guess you weren't there in 2006. No, I was, was there in 2008. Two, no, they won the title. It wasn't boring at yeah. the end. That wasn't a two-legged game, though. <laughs> oh, that's true. It's that's a, true. two-legged games. We we seem to 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 struggle. Really, I don't know what it is. I mean, this the second half again. I, I was joking. Not a lot happened, but it it didn't. The one chance that the the Seattle had was the Marshall header on the second phase yeah. of the corner when when he when Marinovic kind of uh, spilled it out, but yeah. he was able to g- gather it eventually. That, well, that was the only shot on that target the, in the whole game. The first five minutes of the second half. Yeah, but that's the, it. That was it. Like Vancouver, no shots on target. Yeah. Seattle won. It it did feel though that Seattle's halftime team talk was: look, Vancouver's not going to open up. Let's just go for it in the first five, ten minutes of the second half. See what we can do. Yeah. If we don't get the breakthrough, we'll sit back a little bit. And then you just uh, keep getting cramps and injuries and keep us wasting yeah. more time. Yeah, we'll definitely come oh. to that in a bit. I mean, oh, well, let, let, let's come to that now. I mean, that was shocking. He seemed legitimately injured. He, but he, he did, he would but leave and it's like back. amazing. It's like, I mean, it's, it's actually a religious guy. He'll know all about like Lazarus and people coming back from the dead. So... <laughs> Maybe you can, did, did you get anything, inkling of that, that there was some kind of almighty intervention there that, that brought Nuhu up to to manage to finish the game? Because I would just have played on. I'd have just left him lying there. I am not into fair play. 
Yeah, I, I, and I, I asked Carl about that. I said, look, you were as a, as, you know, your coach now. You are a player. We know the rules say that play does not need to be stopped if it's not a head head injury. Exactly. Like, and, and so he was just like, <laughs> he was like, yeah, he was not, he was not impressed, especially because he meant he referenced. Uh, a moment in, uh, and I don't remember the moment specifically, but he referenced a moment in the the 3-0 away loss uh, in September where there was a moment where that didn't happen, where Seattle didn't play it out when they, when apparently Vancouver had a man down. And so he, he was really, really, really choked. A couple of things about it. One was, the, uh, I think it was the first time when the guy went down and um, he and and they played it out. Now I I, I don't know what the, I haven't I haven't watched it on TV yet, but uh, I forget his name. Number five, right? Nuhu. Yeah, Nuhu. Okay, so the first time he went down and they and they played it into touch, right? That was I think that was an accident. I think Marcel Young was still one to no, play, but he kind of lost control and he, then he just decided to knock it out. See, no, that's what no, it seemed he, like from a bower. He, no, he let, he put it out. He, oh, did he put it out? I, okay. I, yeah, I think it was on purpose. We were a little bit anxious because, and I don't know, you guys can tell me because you have monitors and stuff, but and I haven't, I have the game on right now. I haven't got to that part, but he, he it looked like Christian Tachera like kind of got him on purpose, on accident, whatever, in the air, on a challenge in the air. Christian kind of came in behind him, oh. and we, we, we were worried that he had got him. So one, we were kind of, some of us were frustrated that, yeah, it wasn't a head injury. Play on. Who cares that he's keeping everyone on side by being deep and down or whatever? You play on. You play to the whistle. Uh, the, the other concern we had was if this is if 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 Christian has gotten him, and the VAR guy's watching it, and it's a and it's that bad. It's worse than maybe we think it is. Even you know, then are you playing into touch gives the guy time to look at it even more <laughs> yeah that's a point while the guys while the guy's down and then the ref then he can say hey ref you should really look at this again so you know it must not have been no there was there was there was no contact at all with the sheriff okay and, and the funny thing is the second time he went down he actually right away motioned to the seattle bench for a substitution but it, yeah, they'd already made he, all yeah. three substitutions yeah so he motioned for the sub yeah and to and to chair plays on and then they the, the Seattle freaks out after the whistle, and in the stands, it just felt like we're going to have someone sent off here, no matter what. Well, or someone is. That's when the scrum happened. The second off. one. Yeah, let, let, yeah, let's talk about the stramash and the coming together of the players because it was about the only exciting thing of the whole game, and it, it had the fans in front of us up on their feet cheering. I think they thought they were at a hockey game. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, it was all about nothing really. But the, we've G- got a Gazal. great photo. Yeah, Gazal. we've got a great photo that Tom's got. Um, he didn't get the perfect angle, but Gazal had two Seattle players in a headlock. Yeah, and he walking away from the scrum. Yeah, walked away from them and then dropped. Yes. I think it was Ladero that he drops from a quick look at the photo that Thomas yeah. has sent me. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm hoping they don't review that and he gets suspended for something because I think he was just trying to break it up in a it was in a friendly the, Egyptian way. It was just a police officer. That's how police officers are in Egypt. Yeah, that, that, exactly. That's how they I'd throw him in headlocks yeah. and deal with it later. Yeah, and it was, but it was crazy concerning, right? Like, yeah. did you guys not feel like someone was going to? Oh, get, I, yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I, not sent off. I thought Torres was going to get sent off because he actually he he moved his knee, and I thought he'd need someone. And then when I watched the replay, it took him about two times. It was actually his own player, but he definitely went with the knee. And then he kind of afterwards, him and Kendo were chatting, and he kind of gave Kendo a little friendly punch in the stomach, but 
if Kaka can get sent off yeah, for a little exactly. friendly slap, it's like send send Torres off as well. But I mean, the game needed something like that to light a fire under both teams. And there was uh, the plenty of uh, heated words between the coaches too. At that point, I think well, uh, you yeah. can see Robbo really giving it to uh, Schmetzer. So when when Kendall went in there, it went in strong after I think it was I think it was was it Alonso who stirred it all up? I think. Of course, it's uh, always Alonso. If it's yeah. not Deuce, so, it's Alonso. So, so Kendall went into whatever, and Carl called him over and said, look, can you calm down, be the captain, let me act like the crazy man on the sideline, and, 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 and he shout did. about this, shout <laughs> about this, and shout about this because it's ridiculous, don't, don't, get any, don't get any cards, don't get sent out. Yeah, well, let, let's actually hear from Carl now, because he, he talks a little bit about that. So we're going to hear, first of all, from uh, Mr. Garrison, the Seattle Sounders head coach. Didn't bring Mr. Hat up with him today. So we'll hear from him, and then we'll hear from the Caps gaffer, Carl Robinson. Brian, you said earlier in the week you had to straddle a line between being too aggressive and too cautious, and the, and the results suggest you were able to do that in this game. Uh straddle a line. Well, I actually wish we would have pressed the issue a little bit more. I thought there were opportunities in the second half, and even the, the one opportunity we had in the, in the first half where we were able to get behind their defense and actually create them some problems. Vancouver's too good of a team for us just to sit in and defend. We have to score goals. So the balance, yes, was there maybe, uh, but I almost wish we could have pushed for, for, for the first goal. How nice is it going home knowing that all you have to do is get a win to move on to the next round? It's not that easy. It's not that easy. Uh, Thank you for that layup question, but uh, it's not going to be that easy. Carl's going to get his guys ready. We obviously will benefit from some guys being back in the fold, so it should be a a tough match. Um, You know, we'll be in front of our home crowd, so hopefully we'll carry that advantage through. Your team for essentially a single match game. Uh, we've been messaging that for the last four or five games. Uh, uh, the guys that were in that locker room from last year knew that every game last year when we took over was a must-win game. I think that group is resilient. I think they understand. Um, I think they're proud of the effort they put out on the field. You know, they withstood a, a, a hostile crowd and a, and a good team, and so they're ready. Last 12 minutes got a little chippy. Is that just playoff soccer? That was a playoff game. That that absolutely was a playoff game. Uh, you know, the coaching staffs, the players on the field. Uh, uh, but you know, Carl's a good guy. We we talked after the game. It, there's no animosity there. It's just playoff intensity. Not getting the away goal. How much does that change the strategy for you going to the second? We just we're going to win. We win two one. Away goal doesn't matter. So we're we're going to play to win. A lot. I mean, some guys were dinged up, banged up, makeshift lineup uh, to get a result here was good. It was good. Freddie Montero wasn't the factor that he was the first two games here. What did you guys do to, to take him out of this one? Well, I think Roman and Chad did a good job. Uh, you know, there's that one ball early in the first half where he kind of floated in behind. Uh, pressure higher up the field in the second half, not allowing balls to get into Freddie. Uh, it takes a group effort. 
to slow him down. Plus, you know, when they brought uh, Rain on and some of their technical guys, it was a team effort tonight. Were you surprised by any of the decisions in Vancouver's starting lineup to rest certain guys for the first half? No, that's Carl's business. He knows his players, he knows his team. I guess overall, Schmetz, um, when you look back at this game, obviously you're going to watch the tape on it and whatnot, but your initial impressions, do you feel like your squad came and did what you guys set out to do today? One of our goals was to get a clean sheet. That was one goal out of two or three, and we accomplished that one. Second goal would have been to score an away goal. Uh, we didn't accomplish that, so we will absolutely watch the tape, digest uh, this game, and then prepare for Thursday. How confident is this group on uh, for Thursday's match? Well, they're confident they can win. They, they have confidence they can win every game. Just a matter of going out and doing it. That's, that's always the challenging part. View that as a, a missed opportunity at home, or is that a game nope. that both teams maybe are happy with a nil now? It was important we didn't concede today in two-legged ties. I think that conceding at home is is a no-no. Uh, we learned I've learned that two years ago. So that was the mindset. Um, you know, we we can be better going forward. We set up slightly tactically different today, and it worked. They defended for their lives. They were excellent and, and limited a very good Seattle team to a, no chances. Probably the best chance was when Kendall hit the bar. <laughs> so. Uh, credit to him for that. Um, yeah, so fairly happy. Reina and Tishera being out, or at least not starting, did that yeah. change your game plan drastically? It did. it did. I would have played the same team if those guys were fit, uh, but they weren't. And I think you saw in the 20 minutes that they played, 30 minutes they played, it was the right decision because uh, they weren't as lively as what they were on Wednesday night. So everything plays into your mind when you play a two-legged series. And, and for those two guys especially, it's worked out very well because hopefully they'll be fully fitting four or five days, three days, four days, whatever it is. Car Carl, uh, bearing in mind what you've just said, would yeah. you say that this was one of your more cautious efforts uh, deliberately this season? Cautious in relation to our attack and play? Uh, yeah, possibly, but that was based on personnel as well. You know, we had to make decisions with the two guys that were phenomenal on, on Wednesday night, and we did. Um, so it was a little bit cautious, but we went to try and win the game. I think you saw that when we got bits of momentum. We were we huffed and puffed, um, but we were unable to get that clear opportunity. And, you know, we've been winning games on free kicks, um, but I think we probably missed five or six free kicks that should have been that weren't given, unfortunately. Just following up on that, Carl, just your uh, <laughs> opinion of the referee tonight. You just obviously were upset at a few different occasions. You're trying to set me up here. <laughs> Is, uh, listen, I, I, I tell you the truth, all right? And I will. I thought he had a very good game, but I thought he missed four or five clear small mistakes, uh, which is why I was all right on the side. And uh, Ricardo, I'm shouting at Ricardo, he's brilliant. And he goes, I agree. Well, if you agree, then it's got to be given because it is ammunition for us. We've been excellent on set pieces. And when it's, there's, an, there's a foul, an advantage is played and it doesn't get given. I'm okay with that. But then the opposition is a foul on a certain player, doesn't get given, and then it gets called back. You have to be consistent. And I was a little bit frustrated, you know, which happens, emotions, because uh, I thought the decisions weren't going both ways. But he had a good game. We know about set pieces, but, yeah. you know, Seattle realistically doesn't commit fouls. And, you know, you guys have to <laughs> yeah. find a way to make yeah. that work. I mean, what, what's going to be the key on Thursday night in terms of A little goals? bit of luck. You know, we, we, we know we can play a little bit better, but it's not about how well you play. You know, I've been in enough games where you, you play really well and don't win the game and you're out in finals or cup knockout football, and that's what we are. 
So it's about finding a way to win. And we've done it all season. We have to go on the road to a difficult place. You know, they're reigning champs for a reason. They're a good team. Uh, but we have to find a way to win. And, and we will certainly try and find a way to win. How that way is, I can't tell you, because I'll be giving you them my secrets. Well, the gaffer's there, and you heard it straight from the gaffer's mouth. Mouth, even, not his mouth. We heard it straight from the gaffer's mouth. He's going to try and find a way to win. Yep. So, there, it's done and dusted. It's it's easy now, Zach. On to Portland. Yep. I think I ran over a mouse on the way home, actually. Oh, maybe it's the one that's in our house, because... True story, we came back from the trip to Portland. We've had a mouse in the house for a, a little bit. So, we've had traps down. Humane ones, because we don't want to kill the little guy. Um, so we came home, one of the traps was closed, and I was like, oh, I think we might have got the mouse, let me have a look. And then I opened it, and I've never seen a mouse jump as high as that one did. It flew through the air, and then scuttered off, and we still got a mouse in the house. So, oh, no. Yeah. That's where you got to kill them. Nope, can't kill them. Okay. Uh, unless you're Zach, who runs over them on the, on the way home. But talking of people running over people, there wasn't really anybody that, that did that tonight. There was no fantastic players the man of the match officially was Kendall Waston. Who was your man of the match, Zach? Did you agree with that? Uh, there's no such thing as a matter of match when you don't, when you don't win. I know we we're waiting for that. Yeah, no, I, I, I Kendall is, a, I guess, a fine choice, but I, I'm probably heavily biased in that. I, I, I got Ali Gazal. I thought he did a, a fine job. Uh, once in a while, he <laughs> lost Ladero, but uh, I think he did a fine. I don't know what his stats are, but just looking at it with eye. I test. Uh, he, I think he did. He did okay there in the midfield. Michael, he's me making that choice because of the double takedown, right? Well, I I'm actually going with Tim Parker. Mm. Uh, so the other. I, I thought Parker had quite a good game. He was solid. He kind of mopped everything up. Had some big clearances as well. Marcel De Jong didn't really put a foot long, and but we'll talk about some individual performances in in the the second part. But I mean, it, it was yeah. It's, it's as you say, it was hard to pick anyone and. We headed into this game. We hoped it was going to be a, a bit of a thriller, which would have been fantastic leading up to Halloween, Michael Jackson and all that kind of stuff. But it wasn't a thriller. But something that was a thriller is we got Pamidou Ka to do a, a little fun piece for us during the week. We're going to have a video go up on Halloween itself with what we're about to play for you now. But we'll give you a little taster of it. If you're familiar with the thriller song, there's a little bit in it from Vincent Price, famous English actor, doing a spoken bit. So we got Pamidou Ka to play it. So here is Pamidou Ka's Thriller. Darkness fall across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures clawed in search of blood to terrorize your neighborhood. And whosoever shall be found. Without the soul for getting down, one must be standing and face the bounds of hell. And a rot inside of a coarse shell, a foulest stench in the air, the funk of 40,000 years. Grizzly growls from every tomb, are closing in to share your doom. And though you fight to stay alive, your body starts to shiver, for no more mere mortal can exist. The evil of the thriller. <laughs> Fantastic stuff from Parmidou Ka there. 
Have to thank Steve for coming up with that idea. That was genius idea. And Pa pulled it off with a plomb. Yeah, he did. And uh, you had some good moves there. You were doing the thriller here yep, in the studio. Trying to do the little dance. So as I say, we've got a video coming out on Halloween. So watch out for that. And Pa was great. He, that, was, yeah. that was one take. One take, yeah. One take, huh? You like that, Zach? Well, Pa Murica is a quality fellow. Afterwards, we said, we're going to have to get you to do something for our Christmas show. And then he started singing Merry Christmas to us. So yeah, that, that was good. So, so we'll, we'll get him back for something later on. So just before we wrap up this section, game wasn't a thriller. Pamuduka was a thriller. What's your final thoughts on, on the game? We're going to talk about the second leg in part three. But Robbo says he feels the game is finally poised. Is that how you feel? Or do you have an air of impending doom? Uh, yeah, you want to believe that it's finally poised, but we've we've been here before. Yeah. So I mean, I, I yeah, obviously I I hope for the players and I hope for the coaching staff that yeah they are able to pull it off in the in the second leg, and they have had some great midweek matches in Middle Cascadia they have. over the years. So you know, but yeah, yeah I guess t- time will tell. Well, we'll talk about the second leg in part three. Coming up in part two, we'll look at some of the individual performances and get to some of our listeners' tweets as well. And we'll be back with all that and more after this. Last night, I left the bar. I was thirsty and I don't drink wine. I was desperate. I needed blood. I turned to the only place I could. The only place that could possibly help me. Hello, Canadian Blood Services. Hello. I need some blood. A. Positive or negative, it doesn't matter. I'm sorry, we're all out of A positive and negative. Would you like some O instead? No. No, that won't do. Thank you. Good night. Save me. Save yourself. Give blood voluntarily. This message was brought to you courtesy of the Canadian Blood Services and CITR Radio 101.9 FM. I drink your blood there by 13 tombs, five band, very good friends of mine for a number of years, 
two brothers, Marcus Carcus and AB Negative. That that's not their their real names. And they they've had a number of of songs out over the years. Check them out. Thirteen Tombs. You'll find them on Facebook. Uh, Schlock horror punk band from Metho and Fife, home of East Fife. And the lead singer Mark used to write for AFTN occasionally over the years. Anyway, enough of that. Welcome back. You are listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of British Columbia. Now, we'll talk a little bit more uh, about that Seattle-Vancouver game tonight. I want to look at some of the individual performances. And let, let's start off with the defence. And because we'll start with the positives, and I, I thought the defense played excellent, Zach, to a man. Every single player put in a shift. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, it felt like a solid uh, team clean sheet, right? And the, I don't think you can, it can be underemphasized the significance of getting a clean sheet in the home leg of uh, you know home and away total total goals when the away goals count as double and the tiebreaker. Right, like this was significant, and it, and and maybe this that is the thing that will be different than 2015. That this zero zero was was at home and not on the road, maybe. Yeah, and I I don't know. I mean, they're going to be under a lot of pressure on on Thursday for sure. So I mean, it, it was good to have that out tonight. I mentioned De Jong in in the first part there, Steve. He's just coming really onto his game, and yeah. the fullbacks that we saw tonight. I mean, this was the good thing really about this lineup. In some ways, it, it would surprise Seattle because it was very different to the lineup that played in the three 0 game down there. Yeah, up the, uh, the, yeah, they hadn't seen these two fullbacks. It was Williams and Harvey. In yeah. That game, yeah, and what a difference Nervinsky. I mean, you just saw it in this game the difference that Nervinsky and De Jong bring, as opposed to Williams and Harvey. It's just so much potential attacking threat. We maybe didn't see it tonight, but they can really get up and get back. At one point. Nowinski was up the pitch, and he was kind of on the left-hand side of the pitch, which I thought was a yeah, little bit Yeah, I think that might have been after a set piece or something like that. But uh, I, I agree with that. The, the, they just attacked, uh, like I said, the, with, with Noza, Gazal, and uh, Tshani there in the middle. They weren't going to be building up through the middle. So they, as soon as they got the ball and there was an opening to get it out wide, they would get it to Nowinski or or Bola on, on one side and, and, and the ponytail to uh, twins on the other side <laughs> and um uh, they would basically uh, and, and the thing is the fun, one, one point they switched marcel was in front but brexia was in back yeah so i think they were really trying to confuse him at that point but yeah. but I, th- I think it was uh, the only issue i had with the fullbacks why they, they didn't get the ball all the time because the, uh nosa who uh, made his home debut um his passing wide because of the turf i think was a little off and, and there were even more opportunities to get it out wide and get it down the field that that moment that Jake got caught up somehow in the inside left forward channel, yeah, was 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 definitely scary. Yeah, we because they broke so quickly, and it's like they knew exactly who was out of position. Thankfully, yeah. it didn't come and, to anything. I think it might even have been Parker that that had the clearance in the end, but yeah, that that it, could have been a big danger. Yeah, because it sucked Kendall out, and he was one on one out a little bit wide. It was it was dangerous. Yeah, and and Steve talked about Noza there, a, a solid home debut. I do yeah. think he is struggling with the turf, though, like Steve says. But, I mean, through the middle of the park, he, he looked excellent. 
I, I think Raina struggled too when you first got here. Yeah. With the, I think he still is struggling a little bit. I here. think with Nosa though, it's just a shame we weren't able to get him up to match fitness yeah. earlier because these are not the ideal time of the season to try and get a guy like that up to, to speed with players that have, are really flying just now. Yeah, I mean, you know, from a supportive perspective, it was nice to see him, uh, Nosa, embrace the um, physicality of, of the Cascadian derbies, right? Um, he, got, he got a nice yellow card for, you know, holding his arm firm up into the, and allowing yes. the, jaw, the jaw of Christian Roldan to, to run into it. Yeah, that was this, um, the second possible elbow on Roldan. There was nothing in the first one. The first one was made up. The yeah. second one was even, I, I, he just had his arm straight out. Yeah. It wasn't even a moving thing and, and Roldan yeah. actually ran into it. Interesting thing I learned from Twitter. If you criticize Christian Roldan, the Seattle fans are, really get irate. Yeah, I think he's yeah. a local product or something like that. Or he's, yeah, he's from... a local. He's a local boy. Yeah, yeah. You know, but to be honest, watching the you know having watched the replay at home, it's a little. I, I you know, MLS does crazy things, and that's a shocker. <laughs> no, but if you watch the replay, like I could, could, I could see them banning him for that. Those guys, they're crazy. Yeah, my, my my worry is that they do look at that. My worry as well is that they look at Gazal with the the headlocks and yeah. and stuff like that. But yeah, that that is the thing. They are crazy. You just don't know what what what's going to happen. We'll cross that bridge if if hopefully we don't have to come to. It. But if we do, we'll we'll do that. Now we talked about one of the ponytail twins. The other one, Breck Shea. He did not have a, a good outing. I don't know. Like b- before, he took the ball to his face or chest in the first half. Twice. Even like before that, though, his balance or something was off. His e- whole equilibrium just seemed off tonight. Maybe it was the angle of his hat or something like that when he Could came in. Could be. What, what did you yeah. think of Shea, Zach? It was it was very frustrating to see more than once where he was running at a defender in like. With you know two on one or two 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 v two, and he chose to stop and 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 pass back. Well, one time he, he lost had, one time he lost the ball when he was uh, the and I think it was the second half when he really had a good run. It looked like he was going to make a run at the defender, and he actually just lost the ball in his feet and had to stop. So, okay, maybe that's what it was. But yeah, that's what it was. It was it was bad. It, it was it was really discouraging. Yeah. It was yeah. He that the guy has pace. The guy, is, I mean, he's not the fastest player on the team, but he has pace. And for him to not use that, the couple of times where it looked like he had you know chances to run at players and really, really change the game, he didn't. And if you're, I, I don't like to. I know I harp on this all the time, but when you're a designated player, you need to that needs to show. And yeah. And it didn't show. I, and also, when when you refuse to do the chocolate digestive section with yeah, myself, that karma. needs to show. It's karma. Yep, karma. Did you see the tweets during the week from the former Houston player Eddie Robinson that criticised Shea? He basically said, "If because he was wearing his, his hat and his yeah. gear and stuff, it was fantastic. It's like if he spent more time working his football skills, he'd be the player we all expected instead of his fashion skills." And Shea's response was like, "It's just it's a bad. hat." Yeah, oh, yeah, I, I I heard about that, but it, again, it, 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 it I think there's there, there's there's truth on both sides of that. One, yeah, it's a hat. Just who cares? Like he wears whatever you know. Same with Russell Tyberg. He has he wears hats. Fashion. Yeah, 
yeah, he has his own fashion sense. Who cares if you like it, you don't like it, great, whatever. I, I don't think <laughs> I can really talk about fashion if anyone's kind of seen what I wear. So <laughs> well, let's, let's just move but, on oh, from no, but, that. No, 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 but the tr- there is truth in the, the tweets, right? If he was yes. more, if he did care more, if he was dedicated to more. Well, he, he was, was a player that was tipped to be huge for the U.S. national team, and he just right. has not lived up to those expectations. And I, and I might be dead wrong, but I think in part it's because it's because he's not passionate about it, because he doesn't yeah. doesn't care about it more deeply. But well, that, that's just that's just I haven't talked to him about it. That's just my one. Well, Robo did say like when he came here, Robo said he hoped to get him back to his best and like get the best out of Brick Shea, get him back in the national team reckoning. I mean, we have to say it hasn't happened. He's had moments, but no, yeah. not consistent at all. But another player, actually, just to quickly talk about as well, Christian Bolanius, again, was invisible for me tonight. I mean, I haven't looked at his defensive stats. We haven't had time from coming from the, the stadium up to here. But he, I don't know. He just he just seemed to be on the pitch, and that was it. Yeah, he had touches here and there. Um, but you're right. Like uh, he's not providing like that one great pass that he was doing earlier in the year. Um, uh, but um, it's just, it's just not happening for him. It seems like, and he's he 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 he, he sets the uh, tempo for the game for the Whitecaps, but uh, and controls the ball here and there. And I guarantee you, was a lot of that uh, f- uh you know, close to fifty or forty five percent possession, whatever they had, was because of him today. But um, there was nothing like that final pass in the in the in the final third that uh, helped him even you know create a shot on goal. There was there was I mean Steve there was no one doing that though right yeah no but you expect Bolanius to be the guy to do it for the Whitecaps he like everybody expects that because he was brought here to do that yeah yeah and and you I think you saw on Wednesday if my memory serves correct you saw he was a little bit more effective once they were ahead right. Yeah, because he was able yeah, to free, put free flowing and what he does best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which was which was, yeah, which is which was kind of interesting to see how how much he kind of contributed after they went ahead on on Wednesday. But he 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 has qualities. Not to sound like Tater Torgerson, but he has qualities that when he uses them can can change a game. Yeah, we just I, I need think, to see it a bit more, and we definitely have to see it in the big games. Exactly, which we it feels like we haven't since I don't know May or something. Yeah. L- last thing then that we'll talk about, then we get to some listeners' tweets. The, the time wasting of Seattle. Now, obviously, as a Vancouver fan, it's very frustrating. But if it was the opposite, and it, on Thursday night, I'm expecting us to do exactly the same. So you can't maybe knock it too much. Is it a case that they just managed the game well, or did the ref just completely lose control of it? Uh, I thought it was Stott, right? Stott was the ref tonight. Yeah, he he, he was his usual shocking, you know, MLS pro referee standard. Like it's it's it was not good refereeing. I felt like um, Seattle. I mean, how do I how do you pronounce it? Know who? The only nice thing about what happened with him was that it felt like the six minutes that was added was justified. You know what I mean? So the, so they're time wasting like. It felt like they added a bunch of time. Yeah, totally. There was also a couple of um, there was a call at the end uh, where Salazar Salazar was the fourth official, right? Yes, Salazar, he was. It was Salazar. Yep. Yeah, and Salazar. I don't. I can't remember. If it was the ball out on the sideline or something? Salazar made the call, and it was just like it was obviously the wrong call. Like he was too far away from it. 
Uh, but he was telling the ref, no, no, keep going. It was just like, dude, yeah. It was just, it's standard MLS refereeing. It's poor. Yeah. They don't do well. I don't know. I don't know if it's just because they don't know how to, like, do the relational side of things well. Like, they can't actually, like, communicate with the players to help the flow of the game and or whatnot. But it's, it was there was multiple times tonight where you're just like, I can't believe you're not calling that or I can't believe you're allowing that. And then and then other times where they, I, they just let things go. Yeah. Consistency, I guess. Is yeah. The, well, the favorite word. Let's get some listeners' tweets, and we'll kick one off on a similar kind of thing, like about the refereeing and stuff. So Paul Parsons, at Paul underscore Parr on Twitter, says, So the Caps are so good at set pieces that we're reluctant to call them is a thing now. He he doesn't believe that there was any deliberate denying of of free kicks to, to the Whitecaps there. Bernie CPCNC says, You have a depleted opponent at home, you need to take advantage, which... Definitely. Shoe Thief stuck on the sofa. When have the White Caps ever been able to take advantage of a depleted opponent? We're lucky we didn't lose 4 now. I mean, y- yeah. you can't. <laughs> yeah. There was, there was never four goals in that. Bernie CP CNC again says it's baffling. Z- Robo has zero killer instinct. Hard to kind of disagree when you, when you see a, a performance like that, but. Well, the thing is, uh, in in the post game, some of the post game interviews, Bola was talking about. Uh, they were asking about him about the game, and his repeated mantra was that we don't want to make mistakes. And um, and Seattle's a very good team. That was the, he it was his answer for almost two of the yeah, but three of the four, three out of the four questions that were asked to him. I don't he, think it he, was but, Bola. I think he's now turned into a robot. I, oh, that's he? why we haven't seen the <laughs> the real Bola on the pitch. Yeah. Nick Andrews thirteen says the ref was wearing yellow but his heart was Starbucks green. Christina at Mudcree says, cautious equals boring. Selling tickets to watch paint dry would have yielded better results. She is always very negative there. Wow. Yeah, Ryan McLeod, CTV Ryan, he told the guy next to him that we'd see Reina as a 60th minute sub. Reina got up at 59 minutes. He looked a genius to that guy, but... It is just the pattern. And we never got to cross that off the bingo card because Robo brought him on after 62 minutes. I had 60th minute sub and I'm being strict about that so you cannot score that off. But he was, uh, while the sub didn't happen, he was called in at the 60th minute. He was not on the pitch. I am not, you cannot score that off your bingo cards. Almost had it. But but, I mean, that that was the plan. Like as soon as I saw the line. Oh yeah. I I turned to, yeah, Mike, I turned to Mike Baum and we were just like, yeah. Okay, he's going to play 60, and then Rain is going to come in for him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it was pretty obvious. Chris Freeman, CF23 Barca, said that was awful football. If that's how they want to try to get to a championship game, count me out. Really? I take the championship. Yeah, I would as well. <laughs> I, I, I've bored. said before, any means necessary. I'm bored at the game itself, but if they get past Seattle on Thursday, I'm happy with yeah. uh, looking well, back. Well, you I'll did have the idea of playing short games just to relieve the boredom. Yeah, I was saying let's play 70-minute games, two 35-minute halves, and then that's the result. And if it is tied at that time, then they go into extra time. AFTN writer and podcaster Joe Deasy, who's been on the last couple of weeks, Cheesy Deasy, he said it was a horrible watch. He thought it was great. So he's fine with that. Greg Petrie at Our Dumb World. Robinson set them up as if he was more afraid to lose than wanting to win. He feels he didn't learn anything from the nil-nil in 2015, which is the opposite of, of basically what Robo was saying. 
Well, he's. I think Rob was saying he's learned from what Portland did, um, and that's that's what he's taking from that. Yeah. yeah. Our old friend Whitecap Scarf, he says, I will repeat again, and he has said this for several weeks now. Chani and Gazal can't play together. They're too much alike. Same type of player, defensive and zero offense. Now, uh, uh, I know they had it four two three one when they released the roster and everything, but it seemed like they were playing a four one four one. A lot of the yeah. Chani was yeah. up the pitch quite a bit in that game. That, Steve, that's how they had it on the, the TV broadcast. as a four one four. Oh, really? Uh, when they, yeah. when they yeah. gave us the formation, it was it was that four two three. Yeah, so it, I wasn't it, looked, sure. it looked like four one four one with with Ali definitely sitting in there. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll we'll look at what possible changes come up in the in the next segment. But Steve McCohen says thoughts: Why no Jacobson if defense was the plan? Laba, come back! No more long balls to Freddie. Why does Breck tackle himself? Yeah. Very good point. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they, I, they, that was the thing, though. You, so people complained there wasn't enough possession, and you know whatever. And this game, they had they had more possession, and they and they, they couldn't do anything with it. They couldn't do anything yeah. with it. So is it better not to just okay have thirty some odd percent possession and get you know get some goals? Last couple of quick things here. Uh, Greg Petrie actually had then seen Robbo's quotes and says, hold on, Robinson looked at 2015 and said that there were too many wasted chances, so his solution was to get no chances. (laughs) (laughs) Marcus J, J Meister 71, that's Robbo Ball, no creative players in central midfield is his hallmark. Keep your striker on an island and provide zero service. Montero got nothing. Nothing, but tonight. he worked hard. He, he did yeah, put in a shift. He, he, in he, a came ba- shift. he came back quite a bit and, and disrupted the Seattle midfield. Yeah. And our, our last tweet from Meg Scout underscore MB. She seemed to play well for the Sounders. <laughs> <laughs> what was with that? He got like the young pass into the box didn't seem that hard. No, uh, but it knocked him over. Like, like I like, told you, his balance yeah. was off. I don't know. Maybe the kid had kept him up. Focusing well, on Twitter, he was at a Halloween party. I think that was just a, a joke, but that, when, that was more. But when someone told me the the pass knocked him over, I was like, "You're joking, right? That wasn't the pass." Yeah, yeah. I, I thought he, I thought he got kneed from behind, or yep. like, nope. Uh, uh, there was nobody around him. Yeah, it was, and then it the, was weird. And then the the header that was uh, the th- the so the threw uh, was a throw in by Marcel, and that kind of knocked him over too. Yeah, he's not a fan Mar- of football. Marcel it, is very powerful. Anyway, a- enough about tonight's game. I'm sure no one wants to talk any more about it. Um, just before we we take our next break, we've got something a little bit special planned here. We, we've kept this quiet. We didn't want anyone to know, but obviously Seattle were a, a little bit sort of depleted tonight. Clint Dempsey was not able to play after his, his red card in the last game of the season, but the Deuce did travel up with the team. And he's actually stayed up to join us in the studio. Now, we'll talk to Clint in a little bit just about his song that we played in Wavelength a, a, a few weeks ago. And then we'll, we'll kind of talk about the, the second leg that's coming up. But before that, we haven't done any Halloween stuff in this section. So we thought it'd be fun to, to play Bobbing with Apples with, with the Deuce. Dunking with the Deuce, we're going to call this section. But yeah, let's go Dunking with the Deuce. So we, we've set up some apples. We've got... Uh, Fuji, a Granny Smith, a Pink Lady, so... Macintosh. Oh, Macintosh as well in there. So let's see what we can do. So on you go, Clint, just when you're ready, let's see what you can get. 
Um, Clint, 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 Clint! Uh, oh, oh, oh my god, he's drowned. Um, this, this has not gone as we had planned. Um, let, let's just get to an ad, um, but on the plus side, he's out for the second leg now on Thursday as well. Anyway, we'll be back with more after this. I'm living in a haunted house. I'm living in a haunted house. I'm living in a haunted house. I'm scared in a haunted house. There's an invitation to hold a ghostly hand and slip away. Life after death took me away. Life after death took me away. I sing a song to you. A voice from beyond the grave Cause I died today Life after death took me away Life after death took me away I live in a haunted house I live in a haunted house I live in a haunted house I just died in a haunted house I just died in a haunted house I died in a haunted house I died in a haunted house I just died in a haunted house That was Fun Boy 5 there with Life After Death Thought thought it was very apt for for what happened just before the break there Yeah Yeah. Anyway, let's move quickly on now to the second leg of this game It's coming up on Thursday The games are coming thick and fast, really Yes Four days between Wednesday and tonight. Four days now between tonight and Thursday. Not a lot of rest for the Whitecaps players, or Sounders as well, but who cares about them? Who do you feel is the favourite now, Zach, heading into this one? Yeah, it's a, you got to say, you know, Seattle has upper hand. They're at home. Uh, they, they, they're coming off a 3-0 win, like what? Uh, not that long ago against Vancouver, like less, like just over a month ago, I think they'll be feeling very, very confident in in getting the win at home. Well, we got a tweet from Angus Walker who said Seattle have to win on Thursday. We don't. Did, as long do, as we get a goal, yeah. I mean, do, do you feel that that plays into it? We, we we could do what Seattle did to win the MLS Cup and actually win the tie on penalties without having a whole shot in in the two legs. I'd take that. I'd prefer not to, but I would take that. Yeah. I, well, yeah. Of course, you, you take anything that gets you through, right, Michael? Yeah. Any means necessary. Exactly. Zero, zero on a shootout, you'd be happy. Yeah. Um, Just don't let Kakuta Mani take any penalties. Oh, it's okay. He's he's oh. not with us anymore. <laughs> did he die too? <laughs> no. I think a little bit of him inside did when he, when he missed that one. But, but it didn't matter. They yeah. got through. Well, well, here's something, actually. This is what the MLS guys were, were talking about it on, on the site afterwards uh, and in their, their post-game video. That Atlanta-Columbus game, nil-nil, so much excitement. Well, yeah. Tonight's they, game, nil-nil, no. Nil, no excitement whatsoever. No, well, they, if you look at the highlights, there was they hit a lot of posts. They were oh, that um, was amazing, that yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. I, I watched half the second half and then extra time and penalties that that was a fantastic game but both teams i feel it's a it's a strange nil nil yeah. both teams i think are happy with it and both teams fancy their chances going into the into the second leg now how the white caps set up for it is going to be an interesting one because we talked about they might play chani gazal and noza 
in that second leg in yeah. Seattle. We came but, to the first but leg. we got it tonight. Yeah. Now, d- I mean, d- do you see much changes to the formation, Steve? Well, I do see some changes. And now uh, I want to go back to when Robbo was talking about he learned from 2015 and basically learning how Portland won. I remember Portland played 0-0 draw and then came here and blitzed us yes. for the first 15-20 minutes. Now my question is, are, is that what Van- we're expecting Vancouver to do, to blitz and play like Portland did in 2015 and try to, to catch Seattle off guard? Considering Seattle's going to think that Vancouver's going to um, play that same way that they played today. Well, that that would determine the lineup as well because if yeah. they want to go for the early blitz, they have to play the, the, right players. the, the fast guys to yeah. do it. If they want to kind of hold on and try and hit them late or do something in, in extra time, then they they need to kind of have a, a similar lineup to tonight. And speaking to, to Harjit Jahal after the game, she actually said that she could see the, the same lineup as tonight, Zach, and just try and do what they did tonight, try and kill the first hour and then bring Reina and Teixeira on and go for the blitz. What what do you think will happen, and what would you like to see happen? Would you like to see us take the game right away, or do you want us to sit back and play the patience game? Well, I, I don't think they're going to do what they did today. I think they're going to come out with Tichera. They're going to come out with uh, Jordy, and uh, they're going to. So in that sense, they're going to go for it. But I think it, they're going to try and just get them on the counter. So unlike today where they had possession, where they were happy to clog up the middle or whatever, they in, in Seattle, I think they're going to, they know Seattle's going to come at them because they need to win. And I think they're going to try and absorb the pressure and hit them on the counter with those players. So possession expect to be crazy low or not crazy low, but low, lower than tonight and uh, look for them to play some quick, yeah, quick moving counterattacks. Do you think, though, like Steve's suggestion would work, though? Because Seattle's not going to expect Vancouver to really take the game to them in the first five or ten minutes. Do you think that could catch them off? Yeah, it could. Yeah, in theory, it could. Because uh, um, I, I, don't, I don't think Vancouver's going to play like that. Like, one thing that, that uh, remember, Chad Marshall was taken off uh, the pitch, and we found out that oh, right. it, it's a hip, he's got hip tightness. And will he be able to loosen that up by uh, Thursday? And how effective is he going to be if he if he if he's able to play if that hip is still bothering him? Because it was a surprise he got taken off, and I think Svensson played in his spot, or was it somebody else? I can't remember. Yeah, Svensson. Was it Svensson? Okay, so he played alongside yeah. Torres there. Yeah, and the, there's a break coming up after this, of course, for the international break. So it's not as if if they if they run themselves ragged that they're, they're going to be tired out for the next game. They've got a lot of time to, to recover for it. So what, what formation or what lineup changes do you see happening then, Zach? You, you said you expect Teixeira uh, and Reina to come in. Obviously, Shea's going to be one of the guys to drop out. Who else do you see dropping out then if you bring the two of them in? Well, I think I think Noza. Noza doesn't start. I think I think uh, Jordy comes in for, for Noza and then yeah, the chair comes in for Shea or Bolaños. Uh, yeah, one of them. I, I, the 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 the, 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 the frust, frustrating thing, I guess, is that is that is that um, Alfonso Davies is not in form because you would love to have his pace, even if he wasn't in, in top form. You would love to have his pace to be able to run at these defenders in the in the way that Breck Shea has failed to in this match. I'd like to see Noza and Gazal start. 
because I do think they're our strongest pairing. Maybe Nose instead of Chani. But see, that's what I would... My my heart kind of goes with that, but my head is like, I don't know, can he go two games in, in four days? Yeah, that's, that's the difficult part because he's not fit. The thing is, next year, if they do pick up Nose's uh, uh, option... I think they definitely that, will. That could, be the, seen. that could be the three in the midfield going forward. Uh, Noza, yeah. uh, Reina, and Chan- uh, Noza, Reina, and Gazal. I I like the four one four one formation, but yeah. I mean we have to feel it's going to go back to four two three one in Seattle down, down at the clink. Yeah, it would it would be amazing to have one of those nights that we've had in the past, right? Like the four one, absolutely crazy, absolutely crazy. Even the the one nil when Kakuda got that. Um, that goal, and then he got injured and went off. Oh, the hip, the hip, or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So for, for uh, we won the Cascadia Cup that night. Yeah. Like, we've had some crazy, wonderful results there, uh, and there's no reason to believe it can't happen again. Um, it'll uh, to me to me it'll be a little bit surprising if, if Vancouver is able to to go in and have one of those kind of nights. How do you see Seattle playing the game? Do you think they will want to try and, and get the early goal? Because the thing is, even if they score early, it does nothing. It, the game's still tied, even if they score early, to some extent, because Vancouver just need one goal to, to be in the lead. Do, do you see them trying to, to put us on the back foot right from the first kickoff? Stephen Fry basically said after the match that he kind of... He he wanted to. He thought that they would really go and take the game to Vancouver, but I mean that must play into our hands as well with with a quick counter attack. Then, yeah, they'll be co- they'll be cognizant of that. But I I do think they're gonna to go, go at them. I, I do think Seattle is gonna go right at Vancouver right away and want to score early. But they also, Michael, they're gonna want to score often. They're gonna want to score more than once in the first yeah. half. They're gonna want to be in at halftime two 0 so that they don't have to worry about. Oh yeah, if they hit us once on the counter, we're you know we're in trouble. If we look at the the horrific game that was the September match down there, every time Seattle went forward, they looked a danger. They were piling guys forward, and when they attack with those amount of players that they seem to do constantly down there, they're a joy to watch if you were a neutral. But they're like if you're the opposition team, they just look so deadly out there. And then the and then the thing is when they get back into the defensive formation they look so organized. Yeah, it's, it, it seems like impossible to break them down. They're 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 one of those teams that are they have a plan and they stick to it every time. Yeah, what what's your predictions then for Thursday? How do how do you see the match going? Do you want you go first? I will go. I I think Vancouver is going to come out there again with a plan, and I will say a one all draw. Because I did predict Vancouver to uh, to take out Seattle, but I expected him to get a couple goals in Vancouver first. <laughs> yeah, but I'll say one one draw. They they advance on the away goal. Zach, cool. Oh, if I want to remain true to my quote unquote bracket from was the last week or whatever that was, um, I, I'd probably say that Seattle, you know, advances something like two one or three one. Yeah, see, I, I'm in a heart and head situation again. My my heart's saying to me, no, it's going to be 1-1, I, I agree with Steve. And then my head's actually agreeing with you. I'm kind of thinking it is going to be 3-1. But I'm I'm going to, I'll not sit on the fence, I'm going to go with 1-1. And we're going to get through because... 1-1 what, would be sitting on the fence. It's a draw. Oh, away goal, away goal, yeah, obviously. Away goal, yes. yeah. 
because what I don't want to happen, which we, we haven't touched upon this yet, the, the season started with a nil-nil yeah. at home to Philadelphia. We don't want our home season to end with a nil-nil against Seattle because that's the only two nil-nil draws that the Caps have had this year. And, I mean, you, you can look back at all the games that cost the Whitecaps first place in the West and that Philly game is definitely one of them. We've spoke before about that was a disappointing way to start the season, but you understand why with the Champions League, blah, blah, yeah. blah. But, yeah, you don't want to end the season at home with a nil-nil. They had the fans in. They had a buzz around the town, and there can't really be any Whitecaps fans that left the match tonight. Cock a hoop, I don't think. But no, no. It'll, well, but it, reading but, your tweet, reading your tweets, I don't think so. No, but if they yeah, adv- yeah. if they advance, then uh, retroactively they have to be cock a hoop. It's a retro- retroactive yeah. cock a hoop. And like Angus Walker, who we read about his tweets out earlier, he said that like he's usually the first to criticise Robo's tactics, but today he feels he was spot on. They might have got a goal if the bug and Sideshow Bob were fit enough to, to start, but the most important thing was not to concede. So it's now all up in the air. But talking, like, this this brings us to this whole away goals rule. And it's something that, that Steve and me were, were talking about earlier. Yeah, um, uh, your guys' thoughts, like, I, I was thinking that the away goal, that, would it change the two-legged series if the away goal was, you know, they got rid of it and not worried about it being a tiebreaker? And like, because you don't have to worry about giving it up, you could play your normal game and you could go for it. Like Robbo, like said, he didn't want to concede that away goal. Now, if that rule's not in there, does he play the game differently and go Absolutely. for the win? Yeah, Absolutely, it totally changes it. The same way if it changed, if they change it to this one leg thing that they're talking about for for down the road, right? If they they get rid of two legs and they just go one leg, yeah, and yeah. change it. Look, look, look at look at what happened on Wednesday. They they got a couple goals. Yeah, they had to sat, go for it. Sat, and San Jose had to go for it, open them up, two quick goals on the counter. It would totally, it would totally change the tactics and the approach to the game. In general, though, are you a fan of the away goals rule? Uh, I, I, you appreciate? I it? am. I no, I am. I, I, I like it this way. But that's I don't know because of watching football for yeah. you know fifteen. Yeah, it would, it would yeah. be it would be a drastic yeah. change if it was changed. But MLS is not scared of changing no. things. <laughs> I, I I like it when my team is the away team in the second leg. Yeah. Like the the current scenario that we've got. I I also like if it went to the one leg, I wouldn't be too averse to the higher seed hosting a one legged semi final, but the away goals rule being in effect to kind of give a little bit of an advantage back to the away team. Do, do you see that working, or should it just be a a, a straight two-legged thing? Or what would you like to see from, from MLS? Yeah, like in, in solely in MLS. In if the it was Terry Dunfield but, involved, it would be three-legged. Yes, there would. We, we should ask him about that. What would you oh, like to man. see? Well, there's so many things I'd like to see MLS do, but when it comes to playoffs, I think... I, I personally like the the home and away total goals, total aggregate uh, with away goals. I'm I'm I'm, ha- I'm happy for that. Uh, for me, it's more the the timing and the international break and all this other stuff that seemingly can't be avoided. That is frustrating, right? Like, cause I, no, Thursday, Thursday, November second, one of these teams is going to go through, and their next game is going to be on Tuesday, November twenty first. That's yeah, cr- that's that's crazy. That is absolutely ridiculous. 
They'll be mean, well except, rested, though. Except for the possibilities of creating TIFO, it's asinine. <laughs> well, let's just wrap this little bit up. So thank you so much for joining us tonight, Zach. Um, we'll have part four without you, but thank you for your time. We will speak to you soon. I'm sure I will see you down in Seattle. Uh, and right. safe travels when you get down there. Yeah, thank you, sir. We'll see you. We'll see you down there. That's great. Thanks Cheers, Zach. Cheers, Zach. Bye. 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 Zachary Meisenheimer there. Give him a follow on Twitter at ZacharyAM. You can also follow Curva Collective on Twitter and on Instagram at Curva Collective. That is it for talking about Seattle and the, the two legs. But just before we wrap this section up, we're going to have a, another little bit of Halloween fun and a, a new section that, that we have in the show. We're only going to be able to do it once is, a yeah, year. Once a year. But this, yeah, um, this is going to be called Hey Halloween with Jake Norwinski. Hello again at 7.51 p.m. You know I hate to be, you know I hate to ask, but please may I have your autograph. So, so Jake, what, what's your thoughts on Halloween? Has it always been a fun time of year for you? Yeah, yeah, it's one of my favorite um, favorite holidays. My dad's really big into it growing up, so growing up I was always into it. What's been your favourite costume that you've ever gone as, or what would you like to go at this year if you were dressing up? Oh, my favourite costume was last year. I was a Power Ranger last year, and it was awesome. Got a big morph suit, just running around with a mask on the whole time. It was great. What colour? Red. Okay. I, I don't know who the Power Rangers are, <laughs> so I can only ask what colour. See, it's the simplest of things that are the treasures within When the worlds around us are trembling with fear just how spooky are you, spooks? Hey, Halloween, you're not quite the wimp you were last year. Jake Norwinski there talking about Halloween and his favourite costumes. And the music there was Hey, Halloween by Danny Holland. Another friend of mine from, from Fife, a uh, long-time friend, been in a number of bands over the years. That was a single he brought out, I think, 2006. You can check it out anyway, and more of his stuff as well. And, yeah, we would have liked to have done a little bit more of the, the costumes, people, but yeah. we just kind of ran out of time at training on Thursday. But, yeah, let's do that every year. We'll, we'll have a, a different person. Yeah, for sure. That should be fine. Anyway, we'll be continuing some more of our Halloween fun with this. Yeah, I remember Halloween. I have to, it's my wedding anniversary. If I forget it, I'll get killed. Oh, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, so Halloween, fun time of year. A couple of days away. Thankfully, there is not a game for us on Halloween. There are, yeah, that, that makes such a big difference. There are some other MLS playoff games coming up on Halloween. But before we get to them, 
I posed a question on Twitter earlier today, just to kind of keep with our Halloween and, and horror theme, just some of your, your footballing horror stories. And we had a couple of replies. Patrick Johnson at Rising Action, a sports editor at the province, he says when he was 11, he took a penalty kick in a crucial cup game, hit the post, and they lost. 1-0. All because of his missed penalty. So that's his footballing nightmare. Yeah. You had any any nightmares as a player, or I know you coached for a bit as well. Well, that whole season was a bit of a nightmare. Your, no, yeah, your the, kids did my not kids, do well. No, 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 no. What happened was no. They did actually after the first game. The first game they lost like ten nothing, and that the other team they were clear. It was spring soccer, so it was spring soccer. You're not expecting, you know, but this team that was put together basically the opposition that we were playing. And they just ran rampant over our, my kids' team. My kid next week did not want to play because of that. The previous game, it was ten nothing, and they were going for it. They weren't even trying to like lay off and you know pass it around or whatever. They were just going for goals the whole game. <laughs> Steve Medes says it's got to be that broken leg two years ago from that Italian player. Not sure which one he means. Or Roberto Baggio missing a PK to win the World Cup in '94 with Brazil winning. So he's just looking at like general footballing nightmares. Well, if you want to look at that, eight one is the probably the horror story for Canada. Yeah. Oh, that that is the worst. East five one was seven one, which yeah. was against our local rivals, Wraith Rovers. Oh wow! I was at that game. We were seven nil down until stoppage time. Scored a goal to make it seven one, and then celebrated as if we'd won the game. But that's constantly brought up to us, and yeah, we we hate it. El Canico says, watching Whitecaps versus Sounders today for two hours, was that not nightmare enough? Yeah, yeah, it was. I would say I would say, actually say the worst game I've seen at BC Place was the Montreal-Vancouver game after the World Cup yes, that one year. That you've never a, forgotten that. No, I was, I, I, that's still... That, I, that yeah, that and tonight's I, game are definitely on a par with each other. No, no, I but don't t- think so. That well, one was tonight's worse. had more at stake, though. That's yeah. the thing which makes tonight's kind of feel, for me, a little bit and, and, more of a horror and show. That, that one was more effective because you're, just, you're watching the World Cup and how good everybody's playing there, and then you come to BC Place and you're watching that game and it's just like... Night and day. Yeah. El Canico, though, says his personal nightmare was he finally got to start at striker for his high school team. A girl he had a crush on was there and her and her, all her friends came to watch. Tough game. Then a cross came to me and a clear opening in the box. Cross came off my neck and hit crossbar. I didn't really play at a high level. I played a little bit at school and then I had trials for my college team. And I was set to make the college team, except I did something in my leg and I've not really been able to play much since. So I'm going to class that as my, my playing nightmare. Brandon uh, Pasqualotto says he was playing a neighbouring high school team not 30 minutes away, south of the border. His, they had a few uh, players of colour on the team and they ended up playing to like fans that were there with trucks and nooses and... The players of colour got a, a really hard time down there. And I have heard horror stories, actually. And, like, speaking to some of the SFU clan guys, obviously a slightly unfortunate name for them heading south of the border, but the abuse that they get south of the border for being Canadians and they, they get called names, and I, I won't say the names, but very offensive names that you would get, like, if you were a player doing it, you'd get fined and, and banned for matches. So yeah. it goes on a lot down there. I think if anyone's got any other ones, send them in before the end of the show. Any travel woes, wouldn't mind hearing about those. Any horror stories that fans have had 
going to games either here, over in Europe, back home, wherever you're from. Worst one we had was we were sitting out from East Fife to Stranraer, which you have to leave at nine o'clock and you get there about two o'clock for a three o'clock kickoff. So it's a long, long trip. It's one coast to the other. We had got, it was just after about midnight, we'd got to a place called Kilmarnock. So we're two hours away. The game gets called off. Waterlogged pitch. They had an late pitch inspection. Well, it it wasn't. I wasn't. Well, I was going to go watch a match in in England once. Uh, we, but we were going for other things too. Uh, so this kind of qualifies for it. We we're on British Airways, flying to to, to London. Got pulled back because of something wrong on the plane. Landed in Toronto. Spent overnight there. Went the next day again. To, <laughs> came back again to Toronto, and then they switched us to a flight. Had to fly to Detroit, and then we finally got to London. Only positive from Detroit to London, we got business class. Oh, nice. So that was an upgrade. But other than that, it was like uh, a th- initially a, three, a horror. three-day escapade to get to London from Vancouver. Jeez. Th- there was another away game. It was East Fife, Alloa. And I. this is before I was driving. And I missed the connecting bus. So I jumped a taxi. It oh, cost wow. me £20. And then I got to the game to find out it had been called off. And oh. I, I hadn't checked before <laughs> I'd even left the house that the game was still on. So, yeah, that was a horror. So, any other horror football stories, give us a shout and we'll we'll read them before the end of the show. Just talk a little bit now about the, the other playoff matches that are coming up. There's, there's two coming up on Monday. We'll look at the, the Western Conference one, first of all. Portland against Houston. Houston, was that a shock for you, Steve, that they that they put out Sporting KC? No, I, I, I had the Houston going through, so definitely not a shock. It wasn't a great game either. No, it wasn't a great game, but uh, Houston was playing at home. Um, and and Sporting has not, uh, ever since they uh, lost to Vancouver, um, they have been just going downhill. They, they had two games against Houston just at the end of the year, and they lost one and drew one. They drew, I think, at home. Sporting did, and they lost in Houston. So I didn't see uh, Sporting doing anything at all, and they're definitely regretting that Dom Dwyer trade. It seems like because they they got nothing out of it right now. Yeah. Maybe it might come in handy next year. Well, but Rubio had an, another shocking game for KC, but I mean, yeah, the the Whitecaps game seems to just have killed them, stone yeah. dead. They had so many chances in that game. They should have won easily by four or five goals, and then. It's as if they just never recovered from the, the shock of losing to a team that has so little possession and so little chances. D- do you see Houston able to to do anything against Portland? I can because oh. well, I had Houston beating Portland too uh, uh, when we did our bracket predictions. Um, because he, Portland's got to travel down to Houston for the first leg, and um, that's still going to be uh, uh, the that that Houston home field advantage is going to play into effect. Now, if they can get, um, as Michael taking a swig from his water, um, yeah, that was noisier than I was expecting. Houston can take advantage of that, and and they have a, s- a decent defense, good goalkeeping. Uh, I think their goalkeeper wasn't even Player of the Month, and then they have a have a pretty creative attack, and so they've hit a little bit of momentum. As well, yeah. because they looked like they were out of it after such a strong start. They seem so, to have... And well, they got up all the way up to fourth from being out of the playoffs for that one week. Remember when FC Dallas and Houston were out? And so yes. they moved all the way from that spot to fourth, bypassing Sporting. So I don't see a reason why they can't they can't get a good lead against Portland. Portland's really going to have to play defensively here in the first leg. And if, they, if, Port, if that goes 0-0, then definitely Portland goes through. But if Houston can get a goal or two, they, maybe they can hold on for in the second leg. Yeah, it's it's gonna gonna be tough. I, I 
can't see the Dynamo doing much. But again, if they if they can keep Portland off the score sheet, yeah, especially Vancouver all over again tonight. And you wonder maybe if they have learned anything from watching Vancouver tonight. Not exciting, but they have to keep Portland off the score sheet. If they do that, and I think they have to go to Portland though with at least a one goal lead. I think they have a capability more than Vancouver of getting that one or two goals. Portland didn't look that great shakes against Vancouver a couple of weeks ago. I know they got the win, but I mean they were punished several times by Vancouver. So I mean I, I don't I don't see them as being huge, huge favourites going into it. But I, I do see Portland coming away with the win. I want Houston. I'd like Houston to, to beat them just because, yeah, Portland, you don't want them to do well. But I'm I'm going to go with Portland to win it. But Seattle, sorry, Houston, if they can come away with a one or two goal victory, everything's up for grabs in that second leg. Because I would fancy then Houston to, to get something in Portland. So that game's 6.30 tomorrow night on TSN. Actually, it's on TSN Go. It's not not live. But the game no, that, it is live. It's just online. Well, yeah. <laughs> the, the game that is on TV, TSN TV is Toronto, number one seeds, the, the team of the year, everyone's favourite team, America's favourite team, travelling to New York Red Bulls, who, again, we talked about KC after playing the Whitecaps went down. New York after playing the Whitecaps, they've just been yeah. in, in the ascendancy. Yeah. Do you see them having much of a chance or are Toronto just too strong? Toronto strong. Um, of course, uh they have a kind of a difference maker, I think, in Bradley Wright Phillips. If he's able to catch lightning in a bottle, he can score a, a goals in bunches, and he could be the difference there. But like you're talking about him being like a difference maker, you got Juvinko who who definitely is a difference maker, and he is just he though? well, <laughs> believe me, he gets <laughs> a he gets a free kick around yeah. the box anywhere. That that's almost well, an automatic. I bet he'll get him. given free kicks, unlike the oh, white sure. caps. He will be, yeah. Um, Altador will get it for him. Yeah. It's hard not to see Toronto scoring some away goals in this, which is going to put them so far ahead in the tie. The, I, I think it could be a draw in the first leg, maybe 2-2. Two, two. Yeah. But then that's a tall order for New York to have to go to, to TFC in the second leg. I, for sure. I, just, I can't see No, I see TFC getting one. past New York yeah. at this point. And I, then, then the last one is yeah. New York City FC versus Columbus. Yes, and now, that, that is kind of... Uh, my, my bracket was blown apart by Columbus winning because I had uh, Atlanta going all the way to the MLS Cup no, and I'd, winning it. Well, I had Atlanta getting to this point, but I thought that, that New York would take them out. So I still have New York uh, available for me. Um, we talked a little bit actually about Atlanta and Columbus and the excitement of it, but yeah. then the news came out after the game that Atlanta had never practiced penalties. Yeah, that was shocking. And, and the build-up to it, it's like... And then someone sent myself and Cornell's a message going... Any adults reading this will be laughing. You're an adult. You don't need to practice penalties. Yeah, you do. All the clubs practice penalties all the time. I think you the should. The Whitecaps practice them all the time. Yeah. Like, you don't practice in the official training session, but afterwards, when yeah. you're just kind of cooling down, yeah. that's they, when you want to do. They do that a lot, and then the Whitecaps have little games. I'm sure there's money on the line or, or dinner or well, something for th- them. But Isn't there a thing where you hit the post or something like that? If no, they have really competitive penalty shootouts no, I mean, like, with the different like, teams. No, but, but they have oh, yeah, like, target can, practice. Yeah, yes, you can do that as well. Um, but to not practice penalties is just crazy. That's surprising. Yeah. But anyway, Atlanta's out. Columbus have gone through, saved the crew and all that. Yeah, at least they get another home game. This yeah. Year. yeah, although from what I was reading on Twitter, it hasn't been very widely publicised. It's 
It's as if the owners don't want the fans to turn up. Exactly, so they can have a reason to move yeah. the team then. But I think every, everyone's like rooting for, for Columbus. I, I'm rooting for New York so the Whitecaps can host the MLS Cup. Yeah, It's a little bit far-fetched, but... I wonder. I wonder if uh, Columbus, uh, some uh, 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 Cincinnati, are they still in their USL playoffs? No, uh, they got beat. So what if? Wouldn't it be amazing if Cincinnati, uh, the supporters there, came to support the crew, and and turned up and maybe sold out the place? Because if mm. Cincinnati, Cincinnati, you think there would be? They would want a rival. A rival, exactly. It's a rival. It's like if Seattle were going to get moved, would you turn up? In Seattle? No, I don't turn up anyways. Uh, I'm not going to travel I, for If that. Seattle were getting moved, I can honestly say, hand on my heart, I would go to that game. Yeah. Well, I don't like traveling Seattle. Just to stamp, I like stamp in their graves. I would want them to... I couldn't get rid of them quick enough. Yeah, I would bypass Seattle and go to Portland. I, if I had enough money, I would buy Seattle and Portland and just close them down. <laughs> not even the teams, just the whole cities. Yeah. I, I'd keep the donut shops, obviously, in Portland. Cause, and the breakfast place. Yeah, very important to me. Um... Do, do you see the crew pulling off another shocker here? I I can. No, no. Well, they did. In the, I think in the final game they drew two two, uh, New York City FC and them. Um, but I think they. I think uh, the juniors will get through in this one. New York. They've, they've got the firepower. They've got the strength. I think if if we want to see Toronto not get to the MLS Cup, New York City is probably our best the, bet. the team that's going to be yeah. our best bet to stop them. Um, That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> I don't know. It's I've gone back and forth on this, but I do think Columbus are just going to do it. I think it's going to be two draws, maybe 1-1 one, one in the first leg, and then 2-2 two, two with Columbus having some crazy game in the second leg to go through in away goals. Maybe they go penalties again. Second. Mm. Well, we know there's going to be a lot of headlines out of those games. And that brings us on nicely now to our regular section. BC Soccer Web Headlines BC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com Your one-stop site for local, national and international news and links Check it out every day, you'll get all the football news you need to know And we're going to look over some of the headlines that's caught your eye this week, Steve yeah, uh, they're not too many, but it's it, it's inter- some of them are very interesting. Um, uh, I'll go over some quick ones. Uh, Russia's 2018 World Cup cost is going to seems like it's growing by uh, it's going to increase by 600 million over their projected amount. Um, yeah, all all these things, Olympics and they always World Cups and everything, just now, seems to go way over. Now the funniest thing about this, and there's a reason why I brought this article up because it was from Sportsnet. And they put it up, and, and in the article they wrote that the extra costs are going to come from um, uh, government, uh, this and that. And then one of the things was legal entities, and legal was actually had an apostrophe next to it. So, <laughs> so it, it, it seems like Sportsnet is not uh, thinking that it's going to be uh, it's going to be of nefarious things. Means that they're going to get this money. Um, FIFA scandals. Uh, the f- First sentence is eight months for fire. Sorry, wire fraud and conspiracy. They basically um, uh, Guatemala judge who arrested uh, a couple of years ago. He actually became the first person to be sentenced on the in the federal probe about into soccer corruption, and he he got eight months out of it. And there's uh, some other people as well um, that are going to be that are in the in the process of it. But he's the first one. 
um, and he was uh, sentenced uh, recently. So he'll be eight months in a federal prison. So it's starting to show that these guys are going to get... Um, it's taken a while, though. It's taken a while. It's a big case, though. you got to yeah, think of that. It just it, it felt like no prosecutions were ever coming. Yeah. And at least it is good to now see and, that there's some started. And the thing is, 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 is the funny thing is, is attorneys, they, they argue that he's he's kind of a minor figure in the case. So if he's gonna if he's a minor figure and they got him for eight months, imagine what the bigger guys are gonna get and where it's gonna lead to. So it's interesting to see there. Um, Spanish FA confirms that they are going for VAR next next season. Yeah, which will be interesting because a lot of people are complaining in Europe about the VAR, but it st- seems to still spread. Italy has it, uh, Syria. Um, they obviously use it in the Confederations Cup, um, and they're gonna be using it in the World Cup. Um, Champions League is still not there I don't think um, they haven't mentioned anything so I, it's I interesting think it to see I it makes sense it's not perfect we've seen some things in MLS that's not yeah. been perfect decisions even overturned later on which yeah. defeats the whole purpose of having VAR to begin with but I, I think I think it's the way forward they just need to work out some of the kinks but all the leagues need to adopt it you can't just have some of the leagues having it that's the whole thing about the rules of association football it's meant to be like the same throughout the world, and it, that's just if you, if you're not if really adapting it, then that's not what's happening. Yeah, um, a couple other smaller stories. Uh, work begins on a mega soccer center in South Edmonton. They're actually building a, like an indoor uh, facility, and there's a couple other places too. Uh, I saw Thunder Bay was building something. I think Calgary might already have one. Yeah, or so they're 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 building uh, uh, some big facilities uh, to sport. So they obviously they can't play soccer all year round outside. So it's a good thing that they got that. I think Vancouver might eventually with the with the storms we're always getting now in the winter time, or we're expecting to get this winter as well. They might need to build one too if they wanted to keep uh, practicing soccer during the summer. Uh, there's during the winter. Sorry. Um, Qatari exec meets investigators in FIFA bribery case. That's still ongoing. That's similar to what we talked about before. Another story here. Majority of Canadians support the 2026 World Cup bid survey shows. They had 74% approval on that. Now, I don't know if you can fudge the numbers where you kind of go for areas where the soccer is going to be like you go for Toronto and Vancouver. And it also there. depends where the question is. Yeah, but how we, the questions we, were asked. Hey, football fan, would you yeah. like to see a World Cup come to Canada? But, yeah. but bizarrely, 26% then would have said no, but yeah. I would like to see ex- additional questions like, who are you going to support out of the 74%? I would like to have yes. seen if they released the results, if the answer was no. Yeah. Um, uh, An article, uh, this is a big one. Uh, it was part of the NASL lawsuit versus USSF. Uh, it, part of it that came out this week that there was a claim that the MLS marketer sum oh, yeah. tried to buy out... And then shut down the New York Cosmos. Yeah, which I just said I would do with Seattle and Portland. Yes. So yeah, I'm all for that. No, no, no but but that, that that's interesting. I don't know if that helps their case or not. But it's an interesting thing to see that that if the if this is true, what does this mean? Well, some made a statement later uh, denying it completely and saying that they were interested not in shutting the team down, but they were interested in the marketing rights and the images. Because they wanted to bid for like the likeness of Pele and all the stuff of the New York Cosmos history. So that's what they said they were bidding for. It wasn't, they had no intention, they say, of buying the team to shut it down. They were just trying to make a separate bid for these other aspects of it. Yeah. So it's 
who who you believe in that situation. Exactly. Um, although another story, FC Edmonton played their home finale, looks like, for NASL. Speaking of NASL, um, Steve Sander had a nice article about his memories and everything and how uh, what he thinks is going to come forward from there. Yeah, I mean, it's not certain that NASL is not going to be here next year. Yeah. Just now, it looks like it isn't, but... Well, it could be NSIA or whatever, yeah. like we talked about last yeah. week. it's a bit early to, to kind of no, but, but it seems like the that, for it. No, no, but he I think he was just, because it, it seems like whether or not it stays in the upcoming years, FC Edmonton is going to move to the CPL, and it will be a, like a flagship, uh, a, you know, foundation for that, that yeah. organization. Um, uh, final pair of articles, um, it's about Major League uh, expansion. They're kind of connected. Because, okay, so the first uh, headline is Charlotte's Major League Soccer Dreams Are Dead For Now. Here's the de- how the deal unraveled. And another one is Nashville soccer fans come out in force for $275 million MLS stadium proposal. The reason why they're connected is because MLS, uh, sorry, Nashville came out with this proposal about, you know, spending two seventy five. When sh- in the article it says when Charlotte saw that they were going to spend two seventy five and Charlotte I think was one seventy five they were thinking maybe this is not going to happen for us <laughs> and they couldn't obviously they were trying to get um, it cleared and they didn't think they were going to meet the deadline either uh, I think it was December fifteenth to submit a proposal to MLS so um, essentially it looks like sh- Na- uh, Charlotte's gone for now Nashville is up and running a couple of people were making cl- you know in there the one especially was seemed interesting that he was. Uh, there was one um, person that was speaking in favor of the team, and he was saying that before Nashville came, and, and sorry, NHL hockey came to Nashville, he didn't think it was going to happen there. And as people who follow hockey know, Nashville is pretty big now and well yeah. supported. And so he thinks that soccer can be the same thing because it's going to be in the summertime, right? And so it could be a, one of those summer sports that Nashville can support as well. And yeah. you got a lot of country singers there that can support the soccer teams. Oh, we could get some more wavelength songs. That's possible. Country, yeah, so, country, country. soccer songs. Because f- some folk don't like all the punk stuff that we play. I'm, I'm stunned. Any more headlines for us? No, that's it. Oh. We're good to go. So you can check all your headlines on bcsoccerweb.com, as we say. Check it out daily. Make it a regular visit in your daily routine. You'll get all the good news locally, nationally, and internationally. And you get some good articles, too. Like They're not headlines, but there was one article about Diego Maradona and his last game, I think, in Italy. And it was a fascinating article. Yeah. It's not. It's not the headline because yeah. it's not. It's a. It's a we'll Bill, look back yeah. at Bill it. Bill Curry does some great stuff on that site. He yeah. He, he finds some great yeah. articles on there. Great curator puts a lot of good stuff together. There's a lot of stuff for the the local BC community. So that's fantastic. But it is now time for our wavelength section of the show, and I have been saving this song for ages. I've been waiting for a nil nil draw, and as we said, it was only the second one of the season for the Whitecaps today. So we get to play this song now. It's from 1992. It's a B-side by the English band James from their single Seven. You can also find it on their 2001 B-sides compilation album Ultra. This is called Goalie's Ball. Said the monkey to the king If you think yourself superior You'll never learn a thing Don't believe you're here to stay Life gets you in the end It's time to find 
Yes, James there with goalies ball, goalless draw. The goalies didn't really have to do no, much in the game today to handle the ball. Only our Stefan made a save. Their Stefan didn't. Yeah, our Stefan is better than their Stefan. Yeah, evil Stefan and good Stefan. Oh yeah, let's go with that moving forward. We, we got one more tweet just about football horror stories and I can't believe we never even mentioned this. From Whitecap Scarf says, his football horror, Voyager's Cup 2016. Oh, Will Johnson? Yeah. That I think I've just blocked that from my memory. That yeah. that was horrific. But well, what one of your uh, uh, rivals had a horror story? Oh uh, yes, in, in Scotland. Yeah, Cowden Beath. Uh, we just retweeted the video. Steve retweeted it earlier. Um, it's one of the best penalties I think you're ever going to see. Given ever conceded? Away. Yeah, ever conceded at all um, by Cowden Beath's. I don't even think you could call him a player, Jordan Garden. Um, he tries to 
to sort of throw himself at the ground. The ball's on the ground. He tries yeah. to header it on the ground. It's like he's blocking a vehicle. Like he's like just yeah. like a barricade or something like so that. So he misses the ball completely. brings the guy down. It's a penalty. His team lose. And they're currently bottom off Scottish League 2 and could be facing going out of the Scottish League. So that is fantastic. That's made my night because we hate Cowdenbeath. We had a cartoon strip in the fanzine called The Cowden Family. Caused so much notoriety that we were on the front page of lots of newspapers, on news shows. It was great. I should really bring out a compilation of the fanzine just so folk here can read it online or something. Anyway. Maybe put it on a different site then other than AFTN.ca. Well, we've got AFTN.co.uk. But I'm revamping, so we'll, we'll see what we can do in that. But let's just finish with a, a little bit of good news. There's not been a lot of fun stuff to talk about tonight. I want to talk about UBC Thunderbirds. The the women are through to the Canada West Super 6. Fantastic wins for them on Friday and Sunday. They're heading off to Manitoba now. But UBC men, UBC Thunderbirds, are hosting the Canada West Final Four here in Vancouver at Thunderbird Stadium. Games are on Friday and Saturday. Myself and Gideon Hill will have the call on Canada West TV. But if you can get out to the games, do. It's going to be some fantastic games. Three BC teams in the final four. UBC, Thompson Rivers and Trinity Western. Alberta's the number one seed and defending U-Sport national champions as well. Thompson Rivers hosting the Nationals this year in BC. So only one team will qualify for the Nationals. So UBC's only got one shot at doing it. Get along, cheer the guys on. There's a lot of PDL Rovers, TSS Rovers players there, and some guys with white cap connections as well. Victory Shambusho, Patrick Metcalf from WFC2 that's joined him now, and Patrick Isaac as well. Some great football on Friday and Sunday, sorry, Friday and Saturday. So check out gothunderbirds.ca for all the ticket news and the schedule. But we will be back next Sunday. I'm travelling down to Seattle on Thursday. You can't go though, Steve, because you've got a prior engagement. Yeah, when I when I um, when, obviously when I looked at the schedule before, well before the playoffs, I go, oh, uh, November fifth, all the games. Yeah, I have no issues. Foolish you! You went by the actual schedule that yeah. was released. Um, I bought tickets to Thor Ragnarok. Uh, my kids love it. I love Marvel movies, obviously. Yes. So I bought tickets. I'll be watching the game probably the next day or later on that night. Well, hopefully, I'm going to be watching a Marvel in Seattle. It's yeah. going to be a marvelous performance by the White Cats, but maybe I'll get back in time for penalties. Yeah, you probably will. Yeah, yeah, I'll probably get back about five a.m. on on Friday if it goes to penalties. Yeah. But anyway, thank you so much for joining us. I don't think we'll do a post game show after after the game. I think we'll just we'll just keep it in, until Sunday. But just before we go, Steve, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. We're on Instagram at AFTN Soccer. Check out all our stuff away from the numbers, AFTN.ca. Most of the Whitecaps beat reporter for MLSsoccer.com. And they've gone Whitecaps crazy in, in the last week or so. Maybe their enthusiasm for them might dip a little bit after tonight's performance, but hopefully not. Hopefully we're not back next Sunday with a, an end of season roundup because that yeah. would be sad. That would be the worst case be scenario. It would be. But we'll see what happens. So until next Sunday, thanks for listening. Take care. And mon the caps. <laughs>